Michael Duke Show. I have two guns, one for each of you. Firearms Friday. As Thomas Jefferson stated, it is the right and duty of the people to be at all times armed. To be at all times armed. Say hello to my new friend! I say that the Second Amendment is, in order of importance, the First Amendment. The right to keep and bear arms is the one right that allows rights to exist at all. The right to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. Not be infringed. Firearms. From my cold, dead hands. Friday. Where's my rifle? Where's my gun? This is for fighting. This is for fun. Firearms Friday. Oh, baby. Good morning and welcome to it. It is Firearms Friday right here. The Michael Duke Show broadcasting live. Across the state of Alaska on this, your favorite radio station and or translator and around the world at MichaelDukeShow.com on the internet. Hi, how are you? How are things going? You guys ready to, uh, you guys ready to get to it? Get cracking on this Friday? I do some I do some news every morning uh, for uh, one of my stations in Anchorage, and uh, I've been doing the whole uh, uh, I've been doing the whole Good morning, Alaskans! It's Friday. Stand by for news. <laughs> oh man, it's so good! It's so good to be here on Friday, and it's so good to be talking to you. Uh, today is the day that we put aside. All the uh, normal statewide politics that we uh, normally dive into and stay immersed in for the entire week. Uh, And we jump into it with both feet to talk about one of our favorite topics, which is the right of the people to keep and bear arms. That's right. The right of the people to keep and bear arms. The Second Amendment and uh, guns, gun rights, trips, tips, trips, tips, tricks, tactics. I knew I was going to get it there. It's the three tips and tricks and tactics. Ah, oh, silly rabbit. Tricks are for kids, but that's okay. We're going to teach you all about that and give you as much information as we can today about all the stuff that's happening around the country related to guns and firearms and everything else. Um, no guest today. It's going to be me and you. Uh, we're going to hit these headlines. We're going to talk about the potential... Uh, output for this uh, new case that is currently uh, sitting uh, in the Supreme Court. We're waiting for we're we're waiting for the reaction for this. This is the right to carry state, the May issue concealed carry permitting scheme, uh, and people are already freaking out about it right now. The every town for gun safety and the Giffords and all those kind of people are having a not so quietly panic attack over this uh, out there uh, in the world right now. We're going to talk a little bit about that. Uh, We're going to talk about the bullet that was dodged, (laughs) pun intended. The bullet that was dodged by not getting David Chipman as our new head of the ATF. Why? Well, because he knows better than you, my friends, and we're going to show you that just because. We're also going to talk about some of the lies that keep getting told. And some of the stuff that's not lies. You'll remember Eric Swalwell. Remember that guy? He was the one that was running for president. 
and was talking about taking away Americans' guns. And if you think you can, if you think you can beat us, if you think you can fight the government, we've got nukes. Wait, you're going to nuke us? What? You're going to nuke American citizens? I mean, this is the kind of, yeah, this guy is just whew, full on. You never go full retard. This guy, full, full on. And uh, anyway, we're going to talk about some of his uh, antics as well. Uh, we're going to talk a lot today uh, probably about ghost guns and what that means. What does that mean? What what does that mean? And uh, we'll also... Uh, talk about what the real solution to the problem appears to be, and that is actually putting repeat offenders and perpetrators in jail. Because criminals, I don't know if you know this, but criminals, they break the law. And 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 they break the law. <laughs> and one more law is not going to fix it. So those are just some of the headlines we're going to dive into today. We're also opening up the phone lines for gun Q&A, where there is no such thing as a dumb gun question. I could have answered that question a million times, and it won't matter. We'll answer it again, because the whole point of Firearms Friday is to do one things, my friend. One things is to do, <laughs> is to do one thing, and that is to demystify the firearm. Demystify it. You know, there's the, 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 the fear comes from ignorance, generally speaking, and we want to demystify things so that you understand them so that you can make a valid, rational decision instead of just acting and reacting out of fear, which is what a lot of the news media wants you to do. They want you to react out of fear. They want to stoke those fears. That'll be part of our discussion as as well. So there's a, there's a lot of stuff, a lot of stuff to get in on uh, what's going on here. We're going to be we're going to be discussing all those things and more. And finally, uh, we're also going to be <clears throat> talking about a little bit of a what if scenario today. Uh, I got a I got a I got a comment on this because I talked briefly about this. I don't know, probably four or five weeks ago, and I had three or four people come up to me uh, at the gun show in Fairbanks and uh, around uh, in people that I've run into that listen to the show, and they've said how much they appreciated my my discussion on. Um, you know, EDC, everyday carry items, and what, you know, what you got in your pockets kind of thing. And so we're going to talk about that as well, just because we can. So there you go. Uh, we're going we're gonna to open that up in hour two, and we'll, we'll discuss that throughout the hour. I'm sure we'll keep coming back to it because I want to talk to you about that as well. Um, all right, so we could dive into the – well, no, I got phone lines. So we're going to – we could dive into the uh, headlines, but uh, I do have some phone calls first things first. So I guess we will officially open up the Pivotel call-in lines at 907-433-3150 and see what you have to say and uh, and get, get, your, get your hot take on things. Uh, if you happen to be listening today and you don't agree with my position on firearms, that they are a necessary thing – to the legitimacy and freedom of the people of the United States, feel free to call me up and tell me why. I'd love to have a conversation with you today. And we will, I mean, even if we disagree, we will respectfully disagree, right? We're, we're, we, can have an, we can have a true and honest conversation about those things. So the phone lines are open to you. The Pivotel call-in lines at 907-433-3150, powered by our friends at Pivotel and Satellite West. And Paul says, how many times can I call today? Once. Maybe twice if you're super interesting. After that, you're done. 
All right. So that's just that's my normal rule. Usually get one call a day unless you again, it's a super interesting thing. But uh, yeah. Uh, All right. Let's go over to the phones and see what's going on this morning and get things started. Kick it off for this Firearms Friday. Good morning. Who's this? Where are you calling from? Good morning, Mike. This is Jeff from Homer. Morning, Jeff. Early, got to go to work here in a little bit, so I thought I'd give you a call. All right. You know, I got to thinking the other day about this whole deal. You know, I I think I was born in a crib with lead paint. I rode a bike without a helmet. Uh, Remember when there wasn't a seatbelt law and I've carried guns all my life, but yet here I am and even lived through AIDS, Fauci. But uh, I saw Biden on TV and he said, How many shells do you need? Are you a bad shot? Well, I would like to invite him here to shoot with me. (laughs) <laughs> and we'll see how long it takes to line his gun up and to get everything ready. And, and then, you know, if you want to go hunting, you can go hunting with me. And uh, I just would like to see all that. I'd like to right. bring them all up here, right. any of these no naysayers. But I got an idea on how you'd solve the gun problems in, in this country is you import 40,000 grizzly bears and let them go in Washington, D.C. and see how quick they buy guns. <laughs> <laughs> okay talk about that would work talk about bearing arms uh all them grizzly bears That's in there right. that would be yeah, you took my pawn i was going to use that aren't you <laughs> sorry it's uh, you, you know, know they're gonna bear arms you Ex- know the bear arms will be hugging them and they'll go up to the white house they don't care about you know the six, they'll just go on in. Right. They'll do their thing. No, that's crazy. So, and then, I mean, you know, you're right. They've got to think about this. I mean, let them deal with a lot of this. I going back to your comment on Joe Biden about how many bullets do you need? I, you know, he made he's made similar comments like that over the years. And I remember it wasn't too long after he made that comment at one point that there was a story about a woman, and I believe she was down in Texas, and uh, uh, her husband was military. She was he was deployed. She was home alone, and through they they had some kind of familial connection with some kind of bad bad guys, right, or something. So one night, like six or seven gang members showed up at her house, thinking that her husband was home and they were going to intimidate him over something. And she was armed with an AR-15, uh, and she fired back. And it was it was shortly after that that he said that, and he was talking about ten rounds. Who needs more than ten rounds if you can't get it done in ten rounds? And I'm thinking there's six or seven guys. She's got an AR-15. If she only shoots them each once, which, you know, I mean, that no guarantee you're going to stop them by shooting them just once. I mean, that's that's seven rounds already. Even if she shoots them twice, it's only 14 rounds. I mean, I, you got to, you you know, you got, there are situations well, the, where having more than 10 rounds is appropriate. Yeah. The, the answer to that, the man that needs more than 10 rounds is the guy shooting it. 11 people. Back. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. So you need at least 11 rounds. That's if you're a good shot. Yeah. So that was my point. You know, you got to line up your gun, you know, but my answer to the whole thing is how many rounds do I need? How many do you need, Mike? I can tell you how many I need as many as I freaking want. Well, I say, yeah. <laughs> how, and that's a fact. how many do I need? As many as I can carry. That's exactly as many as I can right. comfortably carry. Right. That's how much I need. Right. And it's, it depends on the gun. A twenty-two. We used to buy a brick of them, you know, oh. and just shoot because it was great training. All right. I know. I mean, we'd shoot at everything, targets, and you know, push a ball down the road and up a hill or something or something like that in the woods, you know. And we'd just shoot, and that's what made us better shots. Right. Uh, you 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 go talk to any sniper, any military guy, 
and see how many rounds they have to shoot before they come become good shots, right? Right. So you need this ammo to become a good shot if you want to be a good shot and be a good steward in the woods and kill your game, not wound it. And, you know, that's that's what I strive for. Right. I, mean, I shot two deer three years ago on Kodiak at, at about 400 yards with a knot six, and I fired two rounds and killed them both, you know, dead. And, and that's, that's from hours and hours and a lot of bullets and years of experience, you know, with my guns. Right. So well, and I love I how, how it gets off talking about. That. I love how there's a uniformity of the rules. Like you said, when you're shooting 22, nobody wants to shoot 10 rounds and then have to reload, and shoot 10 rounds and have to reload, and shoot 10 rounds. Because when you shoot 22, you shoot a lot of 22 because it's easy, it's quick, it's yeah. fun, it's instructive. Um, you know, I mean, hell, 25 round mags for me get a little slow. I want to put the big 50 round drum on it and just go to town with it. But, you know, so it, there's no uniformity to it. There's no common sense. And by the way, none of these criminals that you're trying to make these laws purportedly to stop are going to be affected. This is not really about uh, protecting people. It's not really about safety. It's not really about gun violence. It's not really about any of those things. What it's about is it's about control. Uh, Jeff, thank you for your call. I appreciate it. I got one more call here that I got to get to before I go to break. Uh, let's go over here and see what you have to say. Good morning. Who's this? Where are you calling from? Yeah, Buenos Dias. This is Brady from Las Vegas. Hello, Brady. What's on your mind? Hey, um, growing up in Minnesota, I was a terrible shot, so I grew up using an SKS with a 30-round clip to go white-tailed deer hunting. And they'd always put me up in front when we'd go do the drive because if I jumped four or five deer, I could unload them and drop all five and pull out everybody's permit in 10 minutes. <laughs> well, that's, I mean, that's good and illegal at the same time, but I'm with you. Well, if you only, if they give you 10 rounds, it usually take me one or two to hit each deer because I usually miss with my first shot, but I get them with the second. So, you know, I fill everybody's, I fill everybody up in about five, 10 minutes and everybody's not even getting out of bed yet. I'd have all the deer down. Right. Well, that's one way to fill the freezer, I suppose. Uh, definitely, uh, uh, definitely. There are certain things. I mean, wild boar hunting. Again, multiple assailants. I mean, there's all kinds of things where more than ten bullets make sense. Um, and uh, and and that's why I like the air, the air rifle, the hot Sony blitz, which I still use the twenty two, and go down to your Walmart buy five thousand or five hundred rounds of the twenty two pellet for seven dollars. And stock up as many as you can, and that gun will be the best gun you'll ever buy. That Hatsani Blitz, it unloads 21 rounds in one second. Uh, I, I'm, you've talked about this rifle before, the Hatsani Blitz, um, and uh, I'll uh, I'll take a look at it again because I know that uh, I know that you've t- you've talked about that in the past, and uh, uh, the Hatsan Blitz. Full auto air rifle. I'll have to go check a look, take a look at it. It's pretty fun. Check it out. And again, my favorite rifle of all time is the Mosin Nagant. And I wish every Russian gets armed with one instead of arming the grannies and the Nazis in the Ukraine, but starting arming Vlad, who's getting rid of the New World Order. Thank you and have a great day. Okay. I mean, I was with you right up until the end, Brady. Right up until the end, I was with you. Uh, okay. It's all I, it's all I got to say. Uh, thanks for your call. Appreciate it. We are up against the break. We got more coming up. The Michael Luke show, common sense, liberty-based free thinking radio. The phone lines are open today. So whatever you want to talk about, we would love to hear what you have to say. 
Feel free to give us a call. Gun Q&A all day. Open line, open form. As long as it has to do with firearms, I'm here to talk to you about it. Just think about this as the morning cup of coffee. Hanging out, working together, enjoying the brief morning, talking about the things we love. The Michael Duke Show, Common Sense, Liberty-based, free-thinking radio. If you missed the show, you can listen to it on your time with Dukes On Demand. Oh, and it's free. Like America used to be. Streaming live every weekday morning on Facebook Live and MichaelDukesShow.com. Okay, we are in the break. Um, It is called the Hatsan Blitz. Um, right here. Uh, there's a whole, <clears throat> there's a whole review on here and a video and everything else. I mean, dang, I mean, dang, <laughs> I'll take a look at this when I get done. Um, all right. <laughs> it looks fun. It looks like a lot of fun. Um, uh, let's see. Hot sun blitz shoot anything you put in it with extreme prejudice. A thousand rounds per minute are things. Oof. I'd like to, uh, um, I'll have to take a look at this. I, I want to find out more about this. Uh, he's mentioned this a couple times before. Um, and, uh, I want to find out more about that as we go forward. Uh, okay. Um, Hatsan, there you go. Hatsan Blitz. Uh, okay, we've got uh, more coming up here. Everything else, all the lines are open. And uh, what else? We got? Let me go back here in the chat room here. Where are you guys getting these little pictures and the icons and the GIFs and stuff? I've got to pee, says Chris. Thanks for sharing, Chris. Thanks for sharing. Um, it's nanobot man and contrails. No, nanobot man has not called in. He usually doesn't call in on Fridays, but, uh, you know, now that I've said that he probably will call in and, you know, it's, it's, there you go. Uh, look it up on Amazon. Oh man, really? Let's see how much, how much do they go for on Amazon? Let's see what the. Let's see what the uh, evil empire here says. Uh, Blitz, air rifle, twenty-two caliber, full auto. Rip. Uh, Hotson, full auto, PCB air rifle, uh, paper targets, lead pellets, yada, yada, yada. Okay, that's what I want. How much is it? Um, uh, it doesn't say what the caliber is, but we'll just take a look at it here. See, currently unavailable. Okay, that's currently unavailable. What else we got here? Uh, twenty-two caliber, eleven hundred and fifty foot feet per second. Uh, medium, twenty-three inches overall, forty-five inch or 30, twenty-three inch barrel length. Blah 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 blah. Rifled. Yoda yoda yoda. Um. Oof. It. Uh, well, it doesn't give me a price. Where is there another one with a price here? 
Uh, ooh, the bullpup version is seven hundred and ninety-seven dollars. This is not a this is not a this is not an air rifle, cheap air rifle you give to your kids. Um, Hot Sun, Herculean, blah blah blah. I'm looking for it here. I'm still I'm still scrolling through all the thing. Semi-auto. They have a semi-auto Bullmaster. Seven hundred and seventy-nine dollars. The Barrage is seven twenty-two. So I mean, it looks like we're in the seven to eight hundred dollar range on these things. Seven to eight hundred bucks for all of these different uh, uh, for all of these different choices here. They got a bunch of they got a bunch of different ones out there. Um, a Hotson Blitz full auto air rifle. Oh yeah, here we go. Nine hundred and seventy-five dollars. Nine hundred and yeah, nine hundred and seventy-nine dollars. Nine hundred and nine hundred and forty-nine dollars. Sorry, nine hundred and forty-nine bucks. But it's full auto. It's cheap to shoot. Um, unavailable because Putin has purchased them all to end the new world order. <laughs> <laughs> I just don't. I don't understand how people can be taken in by that. I'm not saying Ukraine is the pure as the driven snow. I'm not saying the U.S. is pure as the driven snow. But uh, you know, looking at Russia as if it's some kind of savior, it's an authoritarian, dictatorial regime. That's what it is. I don't think they're fighting the new world order as so much trying to make themselves relevant again. But you know, maybe that's just me. All right, let's get back to it. Here we go. Uh, the Michael Duke Show. Well, howdy, howdy, howdy. Welcome back to Firearms Friday. I forgot to mention earlier, Willie Waffle will not be joining us today, unfortunately. Uh, I enjoy I enjoy talking with Willie um, about the and I know it's not everybody's cup of tea, but hey, it's my show. I can do whatever the hell I want. Uh, so normally we talk with Willie at the end of uh, Friday and we do the we do the thing together, but uh, unfortunately, he's not going to be able to join us this morning, and so we will just continue on talking about what we want to talk about, which today is going to be uh, all about uh, firearms, guns, gun rights, and then we're going to get into some EDC stuff later on in the show today, and we'll talk about we'll talk about that. Okay, um, so uh, where 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 should we get started today? Phone lines are open, uh, 907-433-3150, the Pivotel call-in line. If you want to call in and be part of the show today, I would love to hear what you have to say. Uh, feel free to give us a call, and uh, and we can we can talk about this. Um, whatever whatever it is that you want to talk about, uh, we'll we'll be part of it. Um, all right, so let's. I guess we'll we'll first thing we'll jump into the uh, we'll jump into the Supreme Court. And they're um, they're deciding uh, on what's going on um, on what's going on to uh, uh, with the Supreme Court case, the New York uh, case on the May issue 
concealed carry permitting scheme. Um, and for those of you who don't recall what this is all about, uh, this is the fact that the state of New York, instead of saying a shall issue, meaning that uh, you have submitted all the applications, done everything that you're supposed to do, jumped through all the hoops, shown that you're a law-abiding citizen, that it shall be issued to you, the concealed carry permit. Instead, it is a may issue. Like they, they don't, they're not required to do anything. And the New York Rifle and Pistol Association um, put all that together into a case and have fought it all the way up to the Supreme Court. Um, now, the Heller decision de- delineated that we had the right uh, to have firearms and keep firearms, but it only, ex- it only basically talked about it in the home. And this may be a court case that decides that we not only have the right to keep arms, but we have the right to bear them away from just our place of, you know, our place of, of, of rest, away from our homes. This has been a way that many jurisdictions have gotten around the ideas of the Second Amendment is doing things like may issue or basically forcing people to show just cause when they apply for a concealed carry permit. Uh, you know, and that just cause could not be, for example, a small business owner in a high crime neighborhood who carried a firearm to protect himself and the daily deposit that he may be taking to the bank. That's not good enough. Protecting yourself from criminals and ne'er-do-wells is not a good enough reason for you to be allowed to have a firearm in many jurisdictions. Personal protection is not there has to be some, and in these cases where there are may issue states instead of shall issue, it's really usually a case of not only, you know, it's, it's a case of who you know. Who can get you in on that? And in fact, in New York itself, there have been several cases, one most recently, um, where the people who were in charge of approving um, concealed carry permits were accused and charged, and I think they've been indicted and, and convicted of pay to play. Meaning, if you want a concealed carry permit, you got to line my pockets with a bunch of money, and then I'll give you your permit. Uh, and this is just, it's just rife for abuse, absolutely rife for abuse. And the anti gun activists are terrified over this idea. Uh, they believe that, oh, my God, and especially in light of the New York subway shooting here recently, they immediately glommed onto that and said, wow, we just can't have more. We can't have more. No. Right? I mean, that's the that's the whole point. The whole point of this whole thing. Anyway, um, the uh, Giffords and Everytown for USA, they've already, again, started their hand-wringing and and uh, and all this uh, uh, bleeding like sheep, uh, including a new article that was written in the business magazine Fast Company. I don't know why a business magazine needed to put this up there, but they gave uh, Talib Vizram, a British-born uh, person uh, currently a Brooklyn re- residence, they gave him a uh, a column where he uh, talked about this, and he said, "Here's here's just a little piece of it," um, and this is uh, from uh, MSN. Accustomed to relatively strict gun laws, New Yorkers watching mass shootings unfold across other parts of the countries in recent years may have felt somewhat invincible to indiscriminate gun violence. Well, only if you weren't paying attention to the local news as to what was going on in there. But sure, okay, we'll take that. April 12th was a wake-up call when a gunman started shooting at passengers on a subway car in Brooklyn. 
Now a landmark Supreme Court case that's due for a ruling this summer could compound fears of more similar gun violence in crowded city spaces. Except for the fact that there is always this, this statistic, it is that most, um, excuse me, let me, let, me, let, me refer, let me phrase this properly. The most law-abiding segment of the population, when you break it down demographically and you, you, know, you break it into little subgroups, are concealed carry permit holders. They commit crimes at a rate less than law enforcement. This is, I mean, this is not me. This is a statistical fact that when they broke down the gun crimes or they broke down, you know, crimes and guns and everything else, and then they broke down the different demographics of who these people were and everything else, police officers commit crimes more often than concealed carry holders. So this idea that somehow allowing more people to have access to a lawful legal concealed carry permit is going to, you know, this reminds me of when the first concealed carry permits were uh, were uh, proposed in Florida. You remember that? All the all the bleeding and the whining and the wailing, and it's going to be the okay corral. There'll be blood in the streets. It's going to be horrific. My dogs and cats living together. I mean, you remember this? You do you remember? That that's what's you know going on. That, that that was the whole thing. And of course, you look at it. And as soon as the concealed carry permits were instituted in Florida, which had been experiencing an enormous amount of crime against tourists, because the the guys were getting smarter and they were figuring out you know to look for rental cars and they were robbing tourists on the roadside and stealing all their money and everything. I mean. And, and, and what happened in the years after the you know the implementation of a concealed carry permit program? Well, guess what? Gun crime and robberies and everything else dropped precipitously. But here we are again. Oh man, this could similar gun violence in crowded city streets. I mean, <laughs> oh man. And, and the fact is, is again, I, I mean, I, I hate to be a broken record, but we all know one thing. Criminals, by their very definition, break the law. Right? I mean, if you are a criminal, that pretty much means that you have scorned the societal norms and the rules by which most of us live. And they just, you know, there's just nothing... We all understand that those strict gun laws that they all keep talking about did nothing to prevent the shooting in New York City, right? All they did do is prevent honest, average, law-abiding citizens from being able to protect themselves. But, of course, that leads to a whole other thing, which is the whole what they call what they call the good guy with a gun myth. David Puccino who writes for every town. Uh, no, I'm sorry, who writes for Giffords. The other guy was every town. This is the this is this guy writes for Giver, Giffords Law Center, which is the Gabby Giffords anti-gun group. He wrote, but while the gun lobby preaches that a good guy with a gun can take down the bad guy, this scenario is incredibly rare. Except of course that I can pick up a, a Google search and show you dozens of instances across the country where a good guy with a gun can take down a bad guy. I mean, one of the most recent ones was a teen who tried to carjack a, 
who tried to uh, to carjack uh, somebody in Tennessee and ended up getting shot and sent to the hospital. The the thing that's going on in Philly, same thing's been happening in Philly. I mean, I could point you to hundreds of instances where a good guy with a gun stopped a bad guy with a gun. I can show you millions of instances where a good guy with a gun without firing a shot can stop a crime. Not just a, you know, it, it happens. There. But no, no, it's incredibly rare. Incredibly rare. So then he goes back to the subway shooting. Because, you know, they're going to use this subway shooting as, man, this is the this is the reason why we need to do all these things. He says, take the cut, the case of the subway shooting. If multiple people had started firing amid the smoky haze and without the adequate training in a high-pressure situation, it's just going to be more people who are going to be hit with gunshots. It also jeopardizes the law enforcement response. He argues that during the hearings, you can now you now can't tell who's shooting, and the shooting proliferates and accelerates. Um, okay. Let me just say this. If you get training... You understand how to deal with those situations. If you have been through concealed carry classes, if you've been through a combat pistol course, if you've been through an active shooter training, all of those things, you have been trained on how to deal with that. Somebody pops off and goes nuts and starts shooting up the crowd and you end up engaging him. You understand that you are lawfully and legally liable for anyone else that you may hurt. You understand that you probably have gotten the prerequisite training to be able to do that. You understand that if you do stop the threat and neutralize the shooter, that if the police are calling on the way, you already know that your gun should be on the ground in front of you. You should be kneeling with your hands behind your head. Right? You already know what's going on, and you know that you don't answer questions until you have a lawyer present. Right? I mean, these are all the things that you are taught when you get this training. This goes right back again to the rule of three. Sure, buy the gun, buy the gun, but also be prepared to spend three times the amount or, you know, spend spend that money three times. So 500 for the gun, 500 for uh, accessories, you know, good holster, snap caps, you know, uh, uh, training, you know, uh, dummy rounds, uh, 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 extra magazines, all the stuff, and a good $500 on training, going to a professional class and learning what you need to know. Again, a good guy with a gun taking out a bad guy with a gun. The Sutherland Spring Shooter is another one that, sna- is, that comes to mind. Again, a guy who stopped a bad guy with a gun. Stopped by another guy with a gun who happened to be a good guy. But this all misses the whole point. This whole thing misses the whole point that it wouldn't matter. This guy, the shooter in the subway, had purchased the gun in another state, uh, uh, apparently a couple of years previous, had purchased a gun in another state, had brought it into New York, which was already illegal under the law, brought it onto the subway, which was already illegal under the law, and then decided to shoot people, which was already illegal under the law. Somehow you think that he ignored all of those laws, but one more law would have stopped him. One more law may have stopped him. This this really isn't about them being afraid of the guns and everything else. This is about 
the fact that they it poses it, it poses an existential threat to their decades long attempt to criminalize the Second Amendment. That's what it comes down to, and that's a hundred percent accurate. My buddy Cam Edwards has written about this whole thing over at BearingArms.com, and you ought to go take a look at the uh, go over and take a look at this because this is I mean this is a hundred percent true. 100% true. This is what they're here for. They're here to chip away at your Second Amendment rights. They want to criminalize it. They want, and, and they will shame you into it and do everything they can to make you feel bad about it, to raise your fear on it until the point that they can legally shackle you by criminalizing the Second Amendment. That's what it's all about. All right, uh, we're coming up on the break here. Um, we've got some other stories that we're going to get to, I want to talk about, and then we're going to get into EDC, Everyday Carry. We're also going to talk with you uh, about anything else you want to talk about. Phone lines are open, gun Q&A all day, 907-433-3150, the Pivotel call-in line. It is The Michael Duke Show, Common Sense Radio. Is that? Common sense. Regularly heard on American radio. Okay. Uh, just watch the part of that hot sun video. Uh, I got to go watch it. I got to go watch it. What's this? No waffle? How about some movie trivia like you used to do? Free Folgers to the winner. I mean, maybe we'll spend the last segment talking about our favorite gun movies. I mean, you already know which one I'm going to talk about, right? I mean, come on. You already know. Uh, maybe a topic for next week you can dive into, but the Army just decided to go with the SIG submission for the next-gen squad weapon program. Um. While it might seem pretty cool when you dig deep and think about it, they just created a huge logistical nightmare overnight. Now the Army and the Marine Corps are carrying different calibers and different weapons. Oh, I got to go read this. You know, this is why, I mean, I, I, uh, uh, let me see. I have to go over to this article, take a look at it here real quick. Army chooses the SIG. Um... Six hour next generation, six point eight millimeter cartridges. Okay, well that, I mean, again, a good cartridge, but as you say, now you're carrying another, um, another uh, caliber of firearm. Uh, range lethality and accuracy problems. It will replace the M4 carbine. Um. The M4 will continue to be used for general purpose forces. Uh, the rifle variant is currently dubbed XM5. Uh, the intermediate 6 counterpoint 5, which is M4, and a 7.62. The greater lethality is effective, retains better accuracy. It will replace the saw in close combat units. Um, Okay, I don't know how I um I oh and this is the new case telescoped ammunition and polymer casing. Okay, this is the whole this is part of that whole new deal. You know, this is what I uh this is what I uh 
I don't understand. You've got an entire logistical supply chain built up around 556 and 762. And while I understand that you want to uh, higher lethality than what 556 has to offer, you, you kind of got to do it either wholesale or not do it at all. Um, I never understood why they didn't uh, – what was the name? I am having a brain fart. What was the name of the uh, FN? Uh, it is the uh, oh Scar, right? Is that right, Scar? I just I was having a I was having a brain fade for a second there. Yeah, I mean the Scar um, was another one that was proposed at one point for the um, for the, uh, the the next gen rifle program, and they don't uh, and they they and you know, people have been fighting for this for a huge amount of time. But that one at least made more sense because it was at least universal between the 7.62 and the 5.56. A lot of the pieces and parts were interchangeable. It utilizes the same rounds. Uh, it was uh, basically uniformity and in, in for the armoring of it, you know, for how the armory, how the mechanisms worked and everything else. I don't know. I, I just, I mean, it's crazy. Um. Yeah. Last time I mentioned my favorite movie, Facebook banned me for three days. Really? Oh, give me a hint now. Now I got to know what the favorite movie is. Give me a hint as to which one it is. <sighs> because maybe it's one of my favorite <laughs> movies either. Um, oh, so they're changing... Um, so they're changing the rifles along with different uniforms, armor, boots, on and on and on. Well, they don't uh, they don't do anything, uh, you know. They, I guess they don't do anything by halves, right? That's uh, that's what it comes down to. They don't do anything by halves at this point. Um. Uh, oh, Clint Eastwood, hang him high. Um. We're literally watching the Russians struggle due to a logistical cluster. Yeah, I mean that's exactly it. The Russians are having um, the Russians are having some serious issues right now. You could see exactly when your supply chain breaks down. What you're watching in Russia is exactly what happens when you do not have a hold of your logistical tail. That's exactly what goes on, and you have inadequate command and control. That's the other thing. Um, just it's just crazy. All right, uh, we're about to jump back into it. We're 30 seconds out. Uh, like and share this video, will you? Like and follow the show page. Feel free to chime in this morning. Got a lot of people in here, but I only see about six or seven people commenting. Everybody say hi. Everybody say hi this morning. It's Friday. It's Friday. Stand by for news. You ready to do this? Let's jump back into it. The Michael Duke Show. Common sense, liberty-based, free-thinking radio. Happy Happy, happy Friday to you, my friends. TGIFF.
All right, welcome back to the program. Uh, Daniel in the chat room brought up an interesting uh, story, which I hadn't seen yet, is that the Army has just decided to go with the Sig Sauer's submission for the next-gen squad weapon program, meaning they're now going to be uh, they're now going to be arming their warfighters with the new Sig uh, platform, which is a 6.8 millimeter cartridge instead of 5.56. Uh, it's a different it's a different platform altogether. I can't imagine the logistical nightmare. Some guy in logistics down there just put his head in his hands and started weeping over all that that's going going on right now. Uh, anyway, that's an interesting uh, it's an interesting discussion. We'll have to pick up sometime in the future here. Uh, and and get down into it. Uh, but we're going to continue on here this morning. It is open line, open form. Uh, I had a couple good suggestions during the break. A couple people were disappointed that Willie Waffle is not going to be joining us this morning to talk movies. So I thought maybe in the last segment we would uh, share some war stories on our favorite uh, on our favorite uh, gunfighter movies, and um, and that could be you know um, uh, you know I mean like gunfighter like old style cowboy gunfighters. Or modern day warfighter movies, as well. I'd love to. Uh, I, I'd love to uh, hear what you have to say. So we're going to save that for coming up into the end of next hour. We're also going to be picking things up and talking about EDC after the top of the hour. EDC, for those of you who don't know, stands for Everyday Carry, uh, and that usually refers to the practice of carrying a concealed firearm every day. Uh, but there's more to it than that. Uh, there's more to it. Uh, than that. It really is what you have with you. And this is a kind of the perfect scenario to talk about the what if Wednesday segment and everything else. Um, anyway, uh, I would love to uh, hear what you guys have to say on any of those topics. Uh, gun Q&A all day. The phone lines are open to talk about anything that's firearms related. I'd love to hear what you guys uh, have to say on that as well. Uh, okay. So what are we going to get into next? I've got, um, uh, I've got a whole, oh, I suppose I should have talked about this. Uh, I did mention earlier that, um, uh, that we dodged a bullet when David Chipman was not uh, confirmed to the position of ATF director. Now, for those of you who don't remember, David Chipman was one of the Biden administration's picks to head up the ATF and E. And um, that was problematic for many of us because he also had spent much time as an activist, talking head, lobbyist, and contributor to uh, any ta- or every town for gun safety and the Brady campaign. I believe both of them, uh, at least one, if not both. I believe I believe at some time he'd done work for both of them, which kind of showed a real conflict of interest for a guy who was about to head up the largest gun regulatory agency in the United States that he was vehemently anti-gun. And I guess I'm I guess I'm comforted by the fact that he now is out there talking his talk again and proving yet again that that most bureaucrats suffer from the same problem uh that uh, that we've talked about before uh, on this show when it comes to politicians and bureaucrats everywhere which is they know better than you how to run your life. And this is just another example of this. David Chipman had an article over at Slate regarding the, uh, you know, the so-called the ghost guns, right? The 80% receivers and everything else. 
And he says he knows what you enjoy and don't enjoy better than anyone. Right? He knows better than you. Here's what he said in the article. There are hobbyists who would go into a gun store and they would buy a framer receiver. The framer receiver is sort of like the motherboard of a computer or perhaps the chassis of a car. And it's the key part that you need to buy a gun. So when you go into a store, that part has a serial number on it. It's marked by who made it. And you have to pass a background check to buy it, even though that part can't shoot anything. It's just the basis of a gun. A ghost gun is a gun that's manufactured absent that marked part. And really, the only reason to manufacture a gun that way is if you're someone who wants to avoid a background check, such as a criminal or an extremist. There is no reason to do this. It's not fun to make a frame a receiver. <laughs> right? I Because mean, why? He knows. It's not fun to make. I mean, the only reason, the only reason you would want to build your own gun is because you want to avoid a background check, because you're a criminal or an extremist. I mean, how about people who build their own cars from scratch? How about people who build their own tools and build their own, you know, blacksmiths and, I mean, all all these people who build their own, there's no reason to do that. It's not fun to do that. Conform. Go to the store and buy it like a regular human being. Don't make it yourself. Yeah, that woman who bakes that cake from scratch, she should have gone to the grocery store and got a Betty Crocker box set. There's no fun in making a cake. There's no fun in printing out 3D miniature characters for a stupid tabletop game and taking your time to paint them. There's no fun in building different mechanical items or objects or science projects. There's no fun in any of that. I mean, he knows, right? He knows better than you. There's no reason to do that. It's not fun to make a frame a receiver. Except we all know that it's sometimes the things that we build with our own hands and design and and work and manufacture with our own imaginations and blood, sweat, and tears that are the most fulfilling things that you will ever do. Now, I've never built an 80% receiver, but I have built guns. You know, I've, I've got, I've, I've purchased all the different parts and swaps and done everything else, and I have built guns. And it is satisfying to do that. I would imagine that if I took the time to actually build an 80% receiver out, then it would be even more enjoyable. I mean, I just can't, you know. But don't worry. David Chipman knows better than you what you enjoy. The only reason you would enjoy it is because you're a criminal or an extremist and you just want to avoid a background check. Wait a second. Wait a second. If I'm a criminal and I can't get a gun anyway through a background check, I'm just going to go steal one from somebody else, right? Because I'm a criminal. I mean, that's the that's the whole point. I'm a criminal, so I don't really care. And so how is that going to stop me again? Oh, I see. You're really just trying to stop average law-abiding citizens. Oh, yeah, you're trying to criminalize the Second Amendment? Okay, I see it now. I see it now. Because, you see, every one of their arguments breaks down when you point out the fact that the people that do these things are criminals. 
but I digress. Don't pull the curtain back too far. Don't pay it. Don't don't peek behind there and see what this is really all about. This is really all about criminalizing the Second Amendment and taking your right to defend yourself away. And it's about control. That's what it's about. The Michael Duke Show. Common sense, liberty-based, free-thinking radio. More coming up. Favorite gun movies? Yep. EDC? Yep. More gun Q&A? Yep, yep, and yep. Back with more after this. I mean, oh, it's not fun to make a frame or receiver. Hell, do you know how many views some of these YouTube videos have of people making all kinds of things? From a birdhouse to D&D tabletop terrain tiles to, you know, making, uh, you know, making new hand tools or blacksmithing something. You know how many millions of views those videos have? It's fun to watch those. If you're, I'm a, I'm a creative person. I mean, I like to think of myself as a creative person. I think I'm a pretty creative person. But I enjoy watching other people create as well. That's enjoyable to me. That is fun. If I could go find gun videos on YouTube about how they make these things and how they mill them and machine them and work through it and scrub it and rub it and use their Dremel on it, if I could find how, I mean, that would be fantastic. But, of course, you can't see any of that stuff on YouTube anymore because it violates their terms of service. I can't even get on YouTube right now. I don't know what's going on. My software apparently is still broken. Stuff is still not working. I kept getting this error about having to go to my dashboard. And um, having to go to my dashboard and uh, uh, authorize something. Let me see. Let me click on it here while I'm thinking about it because I keep forgetting about it and I start to go live and it's like, hey, this doesn't work. I've got to reauthorize my welcome to welcome to YouTube. I've already been there, been there, done that uh, dashboard. Oh, different channel. Um, why am I? Um, all right. I don't do it myself, but I love the look of tabletop minis people paint. Some of them are incredible. I agree. And I do paint mine. I, I do paint. Um, it is a it is a tremendously fun experience. It's very zen. It's very soothing. Um, I got a 3D printer here year last year, year before. And I printed out a ton of different miniatures that I just love making things go on here. Okay, so... Um, yeah, I've got my guy. I know I had a strike. Jesus, they really want you to know that you had a strike. You've got a strike against your account. Well, that's fine. Just can I get back to actually, can I get back to actually, uh, starting my, oh, here he goes. Can I click on that? No. Uh, content channel violations. Yes, I know. My Lord. They really want to shame you. How dare you? How dare go live? Let me see what's going on here. Due to community constraints, you can't live stream at this time. How? What? How can I? All right. They stay. They, I, I don't. Uh-huh. 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 
let me go back here because this is just not working here. Warning. Warning. Expires July. What? You won't be able to do things like upload, post, or live stream for one week. Okay, great. That was on April 11th. It's the 22nd. That's <laughs> the wow. Um, one day left. It says I have one day left of my ban. That was 11 days ago. <sighs> Post some pictures of your work. Let's see. Um, sure, why not? I'll show you a picture of this. This is uh, this is something I really enjoy. Um, I love doing that. Um, I love, uh, but I I love I love some of the different uh, uh, stuff we have here. Let me see. Um. Mm-hmm. All right, I'll show you here. Just a, just a hot second. Just a hot second. Um, what do I got? Oh, here's something that I did. This is a... Uh, uh, can I share this? Sure, I can share this. What's my source here? There you go. Uh... So here's something that I did as a diorama project. It was part of a diorama that I built. I actually uh, actually built this little crypt. Uh, I pr- printed it. It's 3D printed. It goes in a graveyard, obviously. But um, it wasn't cool enough, so I cut it open on the underside, and I put some green LEDs in it and, uh, and, made, it, and made it all uh, kind of cool and glowy. So that was uh, that was one of the ones that I did. I was looking for the other one. I don't know if I'm gonna have enough time to find the other one, but there was a, I did a. Uh, it was a sea creature. Oh, this is some of the other crafting I did. I built some. Uh, I built some tabletop terrain. This was fun. Uh, split screen? No, right there. Split screen. Um, I did some tabletop. I made some pillars. That's all actually made out of uh, styrofoam. So it's uh, it's cool. Well, that's not made out of styrofoam. That's delicious. That's delicious right there. Uh, it's all made out of styrofoam, and uh, I, I painted all that up. That's kind of fun. Uh, anyway, so wrong button. We get it over here. Uh, we're getting ready to jump back into it. Somebody got me now. Now you guys got me talking about all my craftiness, my crafty craftiness. All right, we're going to uh, jump back into it. Don't go anywhere. The Michael Duke Show continues. Hour two. Looks like we got some phone calls. We're going to get into those and more. Let's uh, let's get into it here, shall we?
buddy, put that thing back in its holster. We haven't gone anywhere. I don't understand. Check out the MichaelDukesShow.com for information on how to get access to the podcast. The Michael Duke Show. I have two guns, one for each of you. Firearms Friday. As Thomas Jefferson stated, it is the right and duty of the people to be at all times armed. To be at all times armed. Say hello to my little friend! I say that the Second Amendment is, in order of importance, the First Amendment. The right to keep and bear arms is the one right that allows rights to exist at all. The right to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. Not be infringed. Firearms. From my cold, dead hands. Friday. Where's my rifle? Where's my gun? This is for Firearms Friday. That's right, Firearms Friday. You're one day a week. You get a chance to talk about my favorite topic. Think of it as my weekly therapy session. <laughs> think of it as me just giving you some giving you some time to sit me down, lay me down on a couch, and allow me to talk out through my feelings. That's what you should do. Just think about it like that. It is my two-hour weekly therapy session, Firearms Friday. We get a chance to talk about the Second Amendment, guns, gun rights, firearms, tips, tricks, tactics. I did it this time. Uh, whatever it is that uh, we got going on. Phone lines are open today. It's gun Q&A all day. We've been hitting headlines from around the country, talking about different stuff. We're also going to talk about everyday carry today. And what does that mean? When you say everyday carry, what does that mean? Uh, we'll get your calls on that as well. All of them on the Pivotel call-in line at 433-3150. I've got a call right now, in fact. Let's go over there. We'll start off the hour with a bang. On Firearms Friday, I guess. Good morning. Who's this? Where are you calling from? Hey, good morning. Uh, can I be anonymous from Western Alaska? Sure. If I'd like to give my name if you want. What, whichever you prefer. Well, I'm calling from Western Alaska, and I'm calling for help out here. Um, but first of all, God bless our right to defend ourselves, and probably the best. One would be a 10mm, those are pretty good, you know, especially for bear protection. Anyhow, if you got me calling to let people who are listening, um, sometimes I call in and help you guys out with little things I know out here. But out here, we don't have freedom of speech. And they're using the KYUK radio, talk radio, when somebody calls in and try to tell everybody, and I know you care about education. When I call it and tell everybody that the schools are teaching LGBT gender orientation classes, orientation without parents' knowledge. So here in Antioch, all the parents petitioned the school board to remove that uh, sexual harassment, which it really is, and they agreed. And I need you guys' help out here. Could you call? KYK Radio this morning from 10 to 11.30 asked the host why they won't let me speak on the air because when I told the call and say, oh, you can't talk because you told them about this gender orientation. That's their right. Well, um, and they have other people on the air 
listen, I'm asking for help. Please call the number, you guys. Uh, when I talk about the rock, you let other people say that I have blood on my hands. Just for saying that that rock, rock may be dangerous. And I'm being censured down there. So if anybody can call 543-5985 or okay. 1-800-995-894. Ask that host why they're censoring people that are saying against the rock and okay. they're teaching in school. Right. Okay. Also, call the school district here. Talk to well, the Can I give the number, please? And I'll be done. Quick, okay? quick, yeah, quickly call give the, the number. This because this is this is not about firearms. But go ahead and give it. Superintendent. Pardon? This isn't about firearms. But go ahead quickly. Yeah, that they are talking about firearms sometimes. Anyhow, the superintendent number is nine zero seven six seven five four two five zero. Extension one two three. Okay. I asked them if the school board is going with the agreement or they're still trying to teach that. And I thank you, Mike, for being on here. They're using other talk show hosts to spread the anti-gun liberal agenda. Right. And we need help out here. Thanks, Mike. Thank you for your call. I appreciate it. Um, yeah, I mean, talk show hosts, uh, depending on if they're publicly funded or privately funded, I mean, I have the ability to, to shape the narrative of my show. Uh, I can talk about anything I want. I can hang up on anybody I want. I can do all that. So they do have that right in part, but you also have the right to call them up and question them as to why. They should answer that uh, because either they don't believe it or they think you're wrong or they think you're whatever. Okay, great. That's that's all what this is about. I mean, Firearms Friday is a good example of that. There's not a lot of, uh, there's not a lot of uh, shows out there that deal specifically with firearms in this regard. And I think it's a, I mean, it's a good opportunity. Um, I welcome all callers, whether they agree with me or not, but that's just me. That's my style. My style is the answer to speech you don't agree with is more speech. But, uh, you know, fight the fight, my friend. Go to go around to your neighbors there in western Alaska and get them to call in. Me calling in from out here, probably not going to help you. So that's just that's just the way it is. It may not be right to censor you, but... That's, I mean, it's like YouTube censoring me. It may not have been right, but it is there. I'm on their platform, so they get the, I have not much to say about that. Go out and find another platform. Um, so anyway, there you go. Um, I'm sorry, somebody just said something about Cassell. They get dollars from sales of cell circulation. Okay. Let's go back to the phones, and here's the thing, folks. Firearms Friday, we could talk about all the other stuff throughout the rest of the week, Monday through Thursday. You want to talk about, you know, uh, uh, critical race theory or uh, LGBT stuff being taught to kids on the weekdays when we have open lines, I'm all about that. You want to talk? I don't really want to talk about state politics today. I really don't want to talk about national politics. There's a time and place for everything. So let's keep it to stuff related to firearms, okay? There you go. That's what it needs to come out to. All right, let's go back to the phones for gun Q&A. Remember, there's no such thing as a dumb gun question. We'll answer it if you want to. Uh, If you disagree with me, you're welcome to call, and we can talk about it. And uh, we can uh, have a a rational, reasonable discussion on these things. That's what it's all about. We're going to get into the EDC stuff here in just a bit. Let's get through the phone calls first, though. Over here, good morning. Who's this? Where are you calling from? Good morning. It's uh, Chris from Wasoa. Hello, Chris. Hey, so, uh, yeah, before all that, I, I, <laughs> I kind of wanted to uh, get your 
um, thoughts on the everyday carry thing, um, what that means to you, what that means to kind of me, and maybe I'm off on this, but to me, everyday carry um, is really about being com- being comfortably uh, being being comfortable when you carry, um, and how how accessible and how relevant is it, you know, on your person? Because um, sometimes the way people carry, um, I know that it's you know they'll they'll put it somewhere like you know my you know a lot of our wives have purses and all of a sudden their their firearm will be at the bottom of it so if something were to happen I mean you're hold on let me dig under my purse and all that stuff and then I'll get my firearm out but you know to me it's uh to me it's about being comfortable because it's you know for for me personally I like to carry a small caliber you know small uh small pistol um if if I can mm-hmm. um you know, and obviously it's it's not as prevalent to carry a 357 on me because I like to you know keep it concealed. I don't like to alarm anybody, stuff like that. So, what is it right. really to you? Well, I think it's a lot of that. I mean, EDC everyday carry requires, and if you are going to go out and go forth armed every day, uh, you need to make sure that you have the proper accessories to make sure that you are able to carry in a comfortable fashion. Um, that's one of the reasons why we talk right. about the rule of three. <clears throat> Uh, I mean, there's nothing worse than a guy who has decided to carry every day and he buys himself a $500, uh, a $500 pistol and maybe gets some training on it and everything else, but then walks around with his, uh, you know, trying to hook it to his dress belt with a $5 Uncle Mike's, uh, you know, Cordura nylon holster. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, that, that, oh, yeah. I could yeah. just tell you that's not going to be comfortable. You know, um, you've got to decide what is for, you know, what you do for a living you know, what's going to be the most convenient way to carry it? Is it going to be in a shoulder holster, inside the waistband, appendix carry? I mean, look, I'm a big guy. I'm a, I got some I got some I got some fat on me. We're not going to joke about that, right? I can't do appendix carry. Okay, so that's out. I mean, you've got to look at all the different factors of like you said, if you're going to carry it every day, you want to make it sure that it's as comfortable as possible because here's what happens. If it's not as comfortable as possible, it becomes a burden. And then you think about that one day when you're just running down to the corner store to get a gallon of milk and you're like, nah, I really don't want to grab my pistol today because it's kind of uncomfortable and it's just down to the store. And lo and behold, that may be the one day where you actually need to be able to defend yourself. You just don't know. To and, me, and, go ahead. And to be honest with you, that's, that's me. Yeah. That's me right there. Is I, yeah. All, all every, you know, and, and then it becomes just kind of a nuisance, you know, even I feel like I have the nice, uh, a better conceal holster and stuff, but yeah. Um, yeah, that's, that's, that's me right there. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm guilty of guilty of that. Definitely. You know, exactly. I'll carry for certain, certain weeks. You know? Right. <laughs> if you're going to commit, you should commit. I mean, that's the thing. And that, I know. that I may know. cost some I money. Know. I mean, I just got, I just got a new belt. Um, and that new belt, I mean, it's not, it's not cheap. I mean, it's a, you know, it's 85 or $90 for a decent holster style belt, you know, whether that's leather, whether that's like a rigger's belt. Uh, that you get on, you know, the heavy, the heavy, heavy webbing, you know, um, and everything else. And then, you right. get, you, you know, your holster is going to run you again, maybe another hundred dollars for a good inside the waistband. I mean, I got one that's inside the waistband and tuckable so I can wear it under a coat or I can actually it's got J hooks in it so I can tuck my shirt in around it and you don't even know it's there. Um, and it just becomes it becomes second nature. That's what EDC should be about. Right. EDC should be about. You're ready for anything. You you've thought about what you might need, and you've you've applied everything that you carry with you to that to that point, and that's what it should be about. 
so maybe and also and I'm and I'm a big boy myself. You know, I'm I'm you know over six foot, you know, two hundred and eighty pounds kind of deal. So then, you know, but I, I mean, I carry a, a forty Walther, and maybe I'm thinking about downgrading to something you know smaller than that, just to be a little bit more comfortable. And I've really been attracted to like a smaller revolver. Uh, what are your thoughts on that? Well, there's nothing wrong with a revolver. Revolvers are foolproof. The only the only downside to revolver is capacity and reload time. Right. That's the only time right, they right. they they yeah. are more reliable. Revolvers tech you know usually don't jam. Um, but it is it is down to again uh, uh, reload time and capacity. I mean, if you're a big boy, I don't know why you'd want to down. I carry a full size Glock 45 all day, every day. Never think about it. Don't even notice it anymore, except for when I lose weight or gain weight because then I got to now oh, buttons got to go in, buttons got to go out, you know, whatever. Right. Um, right. But but I don't even notice it anymore. And nobody, you know, and and if somebody doesn't know me, they don't even know it's there. Um, and so it, it, it's up to you. Um, a revolver is fine. A revolver is a great gun. But again, it's up to you to decide whether the capacity and the reload time are as critical for you. Do you carry reloads? Do you carry a speed loader? Have you practiced with a speed loader? No, I don't. You know? And then, and, and I don't because the idea is just for, you know, uh, you know, my, my goal is to not get into a, a drawn out fire. Absolutely. To get milk, you know? Oh, absolutely. To, to just to, you know, dispatch the situation real quick and, you know, then whatever comes after comes after. But um, so I, I don't think the capacity and, and, you know, stuff like that is a really big deal for me. I just like the idea of the revolver, like a right. 38 special or, or something like that. Sure. Something that, um, you know, like, in, so long story short, I was in the army for a while. And of course, like wherever you're stationed, I was stationed in Vegas and uh, you gotta down there, you gotta have a concealed carry license. Right. So I go to this course. And uh, the instructor actually was was pretty awesome. You know, some of these courses are just like fly by night outfits, but this this one was pretty good. And he um, he walked in. He had those five eleven tactical pants on with, you know, seems like forty pockets on it. And he pulled out I don't know how many small guns from his pants, and I didn't know they were in there. Right, right, <laughs> right. Well, so I, it was just, it was just some, I I kind of like something, well, almost something like that. You know. Sure. I would just say this: nobody ever complained uh, coming out of a gunfight that they had too much ammo. Okay. Oh, that's fair. So, I mean, you know, you just, you don't know, you never know. I mean, we could paint any picture. It could be, you know, you could be facing a lone gunman that uh, has a, you know, one gun. You could be facing multiple assailants. You could be doing, and of course the idea is to never get into a gunfight. The number one thing with the everyday carry is situational awareness, making sure that the first thing you could do is flight. Flight is always the first choice. Flight or fight. And that's what I would right? be using. And that's what I would be using the the firearm for. I'm right. not trying to get into an engagement. I'm trying to break right. contact and come back and fight another day, kind of theory. Right. Well, I would say this: if you are going to carry a revolver, I would carry at least one reload. That's just me, because at least then you have gotcha. twelve rounds to make it happen. If you're concerned about weight or whatever else, otherwise carry a uh, you know carry whatever you're comfortable with. But whatever it is that you do carry, you need to practice with that thing until it becomes second nature. That's the important thing. Absolutely. That's what these guys that continually swallow. I swap out my concealed carry like every week. It's a different weapon. I mean, look, I love having different guns. I love shooting different guns. But whatever I'm carrying, I'm going to practice with that thing like my life depends on it because it does. So right. that's my point, Chris. Anyway, hey, I appreciate it. Thank you so much for your call. I got one more call on hold. Man, I'm going to be running late here. Let me go over to this call to see who it is. Good morning. Who's this? Where are you calling from? 
Hey, Michael, how you doing? It's Fred in Rhode Island. How you been? Hey, good, Fred. Um, I always seem to do this to you, but I'm going to put you back on hold because I'm running late and I don't want to shortchange you here. I got to get I got to get going. So hold the line. Um, uh, Fred over in Rhode Island calls up every week to talk with us. We'll see what he has to say here in just a moment. And then we'll continue our discussions on EDC. That's Everyday Carry. We'll be back with more of the Michael Duke Show, Common Sense, Liberty-based, free-thinking radio. We'll be back right after this. Don't go anywhere. Your mental suppository. The Michael Duke Show. Okay, we're in the break right now. Uh, we are uh, got Fred on hold. So, Fred, hold the line there, my friend. I'm just going to talk with everybody here during the break, and then we'll get to what you you want to talk about as well. Um, let's see. Uh, I love KFAR for allowing gun shows. Good stuff. You howitzers being shipped to the Ukraine. How do they rate artillery caliber meters? They rate artillery by caliber. So it's all about <clears throat> 105, right? It's a 105, 105-millimeter, 155, 180s. Uh, it, cal- howitzers are all rated by caliber. Don't you dare talk down on Uncle Mike's. <laughs> yes, you're right. You're right. I'm sorry. What was I thinking? Um, I would compare it to a good pair of snow boots. One boot does not fit every foot. Guns are more of a preference. This is true, too. This is true. Um um, let's see. Uh, I got an apprehensive. I got a little apprehensive, says Jimmy, when it comes to EDC. I'm not sure why. Maybe I feel safe on this earth. Now, going into the woods, that's a whole different ballgame. It's not that I don't feel safe, Jimmy. Um, it's not that I don't feel safe. Uh, and that's really not what having a firearm is about for me personally. I mean, maybe some, maybe other people are different. Um, I am the guy that... My whole mantra, my entire life, I mean, even as a kid uh, and as I got older, but even, you know, was that you prepare for the worst and you hope for the best and all your surprises will be happy ones. Therefore, I've tried to do everything in my life to prepare for any reasonable eventuality, make those decisions as to what I would do in each scenario and then move on. It gives me peace of mind. It's not about being scared. It's about it's like having a fire extinguisher in your house or a smoke detector. Right? You're not, you don't have them in your house because you're terrified of fire. I mean, maybe you are. Some people are. But you don't normally, normally people don't have them in their house because they're afraid of fire. They have them in their house just in case. That's the whole point. I mean, that's, that's just how, that's just how it is. That is the, the point is to have it just in case. So I don't have a, it's not a matter about feeling safe. I mean, there may be certain circumstances where, yes, I definitely feel safer because I'm armed than I'm not. But overall, the overall idea is that I just want to be in omnia paratus, ready for anything. That's it. I mean, have I gone around unarmed? Yes, I have. Did I feel any less, you know, safe? No. I felt slightly unprepared just in case something happened, but I'm not walking around looking over my shoulder, flitting from corner to corner so people don't shoot me. That's not the point. That's what it's all about. Mainly my call was to get us back on track. You're my hero, Chris. You are my hero for getting us back on track. 
I hate it when people don't. Uh, I hate it when people don't hear the whole Firearms Friday thing. It's just, it's just, uh, man. Um, okay, hey, I gotta, uh, uh, I gotta do something here because my granddaughter just sent me a just sent me a a, a message. When your granddaughter sends you a message, you have to respond, and your four year old granddaughter sends you a message. Um, okay. Uh, I got two lines on hold. Fred is number one. And then we've got another one and number two. Uh, we're going to dump into the, we're going to jump into the everyday carry thing. Like right away here, we're going to do that right now. Um, I dislike gun snobs says Timothy, my favorite, my favorite carry is my rock Island 10 millimeter. And there's nothing wrong with a rock Island 45 or 10 millimeter. There's nothing wrong with most firearms. I've never understood the snobbery. This is the whole Ford versus Chevy debate. I've owned both. They're both great. Right? I mean, I've just, I never understood that. I wouldn't buy that, the thing, the deal, the other thing. I'd never buy a Glock or a Chevy or a Ford or a Dodge. That's why I drive this Volkswagen. I mean, what? who cares, man? Who cares? Does it work? Does it get you to point A from po- to point B? Does it put lead down range at a reasonable rate without the malfunctions? Yep, then it's good. Never underestimate the value of a good belt. Ah, yes. That is the kit that most people forget about. That is the one piece of kit that most people forget about. All right, we got to go. Here we go. Jump it back in. All right, uh, we're getting ready to uh, jump back into it now. More phone calls. Fred is calling from Rhode Island. He listens to us uh, online and calls in uh, usually every Friday. We appreciate him listening, uh, and thanks for being part of it. Good morning, Fred. What's on your mind today? Hi, good morning, Mike. You know, uh, earlier in the show, you mentioned David Chapman. You know, David Chapman. He, you know, he's a, he's a longtime you know progressive hack who's been you know he's. He's, uh, you know, just making a lot of noise like uh, that kid, David Hogg, you know, I kind of like. You still with me, Fred? Fred? Uh, One more time. Are you still with me, Fred? No, it looks like it looks like we lost Fred's call. Fred, call back if you could still hear me. We can't hear you, so. Uh, I'll have him call back. But we had another line on hold, so let's go over there, waiting for Fred's call. Good morning. Who's this? Where are you calling from? Hey, Michael. It's Dan from home. How you doing? Hey, good, my friend. What's on your mind? Hey, uh, uh, just EDC-wise, uh, I just want to bring up a couple points for uh, people to think about. Uh, not only uh, make sure you're carrying a pistol, obviously, not to use it, but uh, it's also very critical that you have some sort of uh, medical uh, equipment as well. Um, if you look on, uh, if you go to like North American Rescue or something like that, look up the uh, look up like an IFAK kit. IFAK kit. Uh, it's important that you know if you can punch holes in something and make it bleed. It's also important to make sure you can stop said bleeding. Right. That that bleeding is on you. So. Uh, 
Right. No, it's it's not a bad idea whether you got a little uh, pouch on your belt or you carry it in your your pocket or in your car or whatever. A cat tourniquet's not bad, you know, if you've got a little packet of quick clot or something like that, or even an improvised kit with yep. a you know improvised kit with a tampon and some bandages and some wrap, you know, something like that. It can be made up pretty easy. But yeah, having a little first aid kit either on your person or in your vehicle or somewhere close is not a bad idea. Yep, uh, yeah, but the important thing with that, making sure uh, for those who have, might have uh, medical allergies, uh, some of the quick clot stuff is uh, shelf based. So just make sure you, uh, you know, look at the ingredients or look at the uh, what it's made with before you before you buy it, just to make sure it's not. Yeah, you don't want to don't want to send somebody into anaphylactic shock while they're uh, trying to survive a gunshot wound. Yeah, no, definitely not a not right. a good not yeah, a good just idea. Just want to bring it up. All right. Well, thank you. Well, I mean, what do you consider? Is I mean, that's part of your EDC is your first aid kit. What else do you consider part of your, your uh, EDC? Uh, so I have my uh, my pistol that I appendix carry. I carry one extra magazine. I carry my uh, my tourniquet is on my body, and then my actual the uh, my quick clot uh, trauma blanket, all that other stuff. I keep that in my backpack. That's always with me, and then. Um, I carry a, uh, a multi-tool, and then a little. I have a I have a flashlight on my pistol, the TLR uh, Streamlight TLR H1, mm-hmm. uh, TLR1, and then I uh, I carry a little mini flashlight in my pocket as well because mm-hmm. I might need a flashlight, but I might also not need to point a gun at it. Absolutely, <laughs> absolutely, no, absolutely. I find that to be one of the most overlooked pieces of kit is a flashlight, especially in a place where it's dark nine months of the year. I'm totally shocked that most people, yeah. and they'll, they'll go like, but my phone, I can use my phone. Yeah, but can you do your phone in the dark in one second? If not, then. That's the most clumsy the most flashlight you have. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, all right, well, hey, thank you. Oh, and, uh, uh, I'm sorry? Don't forget a multi-tool. Yeah, don't, don't forget, forget the multi Don't forget the multi-tool. We're going to get into that here in a minute. All right, thank you so much for your call. I appreciate it, Dan. Uh, let's go over here and take the next call. Good morning. Who's this? Where are you calling from? Hey, I guess we got dropped off. It's spread again. Yeah, I locked. The, yeah, the line just dropped. Off yeah, you just you, your your voice. You were still <laughs> on the line, but your voice disappeared, and apparently you couldn't hear me. So, um, go ahead, Fred. I'm sorry. You yeah. were talking about uh, David Chipman. Yeah, David Chipman, David Hogg. You know, they, they, the kid David Hogg. You know, they they had this. You know, this crazy narrative that uh, I don't know whether it's, it's just being propped up for the media. I don't know if it's a you know it's a it's a media sideshow. Or, you know, it's part of a greater agenda, you know, for the progressive left, which apparently covers a lot more than just firearms. But it all kind of runs down the same narrative. I know you want to keep this a firearm, but I agree. But, you know, it's, it overlaps. Unfortunately, this whole thing overlaps into many other categories as well, which is basically the same agenda, you know, tear down, keep everybody, keep everybody at each other's throats. Definitely, you know, keep everybody divided while they, uh, they do their dastardly deeds. Lie, cheat, steal is their model, and uh, kind of live up to it quite well. Right. No, I agree. Um, it's uh, it's just another reason why we don't like, uh, you know, all, uh, the bureaucrats in general kind of uh, have most of those feelings. And so I'm definitely in agreement with you, uh, definitely in agreement with you on that, Fred. So they gotta, you know, I guess November is going to be the turn. I hope November will be a turning point for, you know, people who believe in sanity and liberty and freedom in this country. Because uh, you've got to put our foot down. I mean, 
you, know, you never know what, what's going to come next. I mean, 20 years ago, if somebody said this was going to happen, I would have laughed at him. I said, that's impossible. But, right. You know, here we are. Here we are today. Well, we've been Tomorrow, pre- who knows what. We've been preaching. So, yeah. yeah, we've been you, preaching you, about you, it. You, you, freedom if freedom is not a spectator sport, for sure. Yeah. You definitely got to get involved. All right. Well, thank you, Fred. I appreciate you. Uh, appreciate you ringing up. Uh, let's uh, let's go over here. One final call uh, before we jump into the EDC discussion. Good morning. Good morning, Michael. This is Ron in North Pole. Hello, Ron. How are you, my friend? Uh, very well. Uh, I will uh, preface this by saying I'm not going to cast the first stone because I'm certainly not without. But uh, I think Colonel Cooper may have said it best when he said, if you can't reach it, your training is wasted. That's 100% true. Yeah, it's 100% true, which is why I don't appendix carry, because i got to be standing to reach it. You know what I mean? (laughs) I hear you. Uh, And uh, so I don't have to call in a second time. Uh, From time to time, I I like to revisit uh, Pale Rider. Pale Rider. Okay. I haven't, I hadn't, I haven't seen that one in years, but yeah, I might have to go revisit this weekend. Thank you, Ron. Well, it's a Clint Eastwood, Clint Eastwood remake of Shane. Yeah, no, I, and I love me some good gold Clint Eastwood uh, gun, uh, gunfighter movies. So definitely not a bad one. All right. Well, thank you so much. Appreciate it, Ron. Thank you for calling in. Um, Like we said, when we talk about everyday carry, I mean, I kind of wanted to talk a little bit about, you know, what I think you should, and, and to everybody's needs are different, right? And so when I said EDC, uh, I was talking about items, but, you know, Chris earlier on brought up a different uh, a different mindset as well. It's not just about the items. It's about what do you mean by EDC? Is it the mindset, you know, that when you go forth armed, you're going to do a certain amount of things, that you're going to be situationally aware, that you're going to make the decision that, you know, uh, you know, is it fight or flight? Are you making those decisions on the go? Are you there to protect yourself only? Are you there to protect other people? I mean, there's a lot of stuff to that. And and so he does bring that up. But I wanted to talk just a little bit about what I carry every day just to kind of give you an idea about it and compare it to what you guys carry every day. I'd love to hear what your guys' everyday carry contingent uh, com- you know, is comprised of. So obviously, first and foremost, um, I carry... Uh, I carry my pistol. Now, like the previous caller, I have a pistol that has a light on it because you need to see what you're going to shoot because that's one of the four rules, right? You need to be aware of your target and what is beyond your target. If it's dark and I can't see, I need to know. Not only that, the light actually acts as a non-lethal deterrent sometimes uh, because if you pointed at somebody and flash that light on and they're blinded by it, they have a less likely to be able to... Uh, to be able to, uh, uh, you know, to to react initially or at least react well. Um, and I've often stated that I don't understand why more people don't carry, um, you know, a, a source of light here in Alaska where it's dark nine months out of the year, right? So in addition to my pistol, um, which I carry in a custom-built Kydex holster, a molded Kydex holster that's inside my waistband, so you can't see it. It's also got tuckable J-hooks on it, which means that I can draw my shirt over the top of it and tuck it in. So if I take my coat off, my pistol is still not exposed. But with the tug of my shirt, it's available to me um, um, in, a good, in a good holster. I also carry, obviously, a spare magazine, right? So i got a spare magazine for the pistol. 
uh, on top of that. So one and a spare because two is one and one is none. Um, I also carry, going back to the flashlight, I carry a miniature flashlight. Uh, and I've had this light for 15 years. I actually have two of them. The second one I took out of the package and just stuck in my drawer and I, cause I thought I would, I would break this one and I'd have to use it. It looks like I'll get 30 years out of two different flashlights. Cause this one's 15 years old and it still goes and it just runs on a single AAA battery and it fits in my pocket and I use it probably every day having a flashlight. And I know people say, well, I got it on my phone. How fast can you get that light into action? I jam my hand into my pocket, pull my hand out, and the light's on. You got to go through whatever screens or whatever, or talk to your phone, or and then you got to have one one hand full of telephone while you're trying to do it with your can you do it left handed kind of thing. Uh, this flashlight is like twenty bucks. Why not just get one of these and put it in your and put it in your pocket and then not worry about it? And you've always got a light source no matter where you are. Then it comes to things like. A pocket knife. You got a good pocket knife, right? And there's all different kinds. You could do, you know, full stainless, regular pockets, self openers, not self openers. Um, the one I carry is one that I've carried for many, many years. I have other knives. I do switch knives occasionally, uh, but for the most part, I just carry a very sturdy knife that I know is going to be usable. And again, I probably use my knife, you know, three or four times a day, um, uh, as well. Uh, your your pocket knife. And, of course, as he mentioned earlier, a multi-tool. Uh, I happen to like the Gerber multi-tools personally, uh, but you could use Leatherman or whoever that, you know, I just have a personal preference for the Gerber ones uh, because they're easier to uh, they're easier to manipulate one hand. Uh, you don't have to flip them all the way around to get them to get them open. You can operate, operate them with one hand. I happen to like that, the Gerber, Gerber multi-tool. Um, and I have a couple of those as well, but I, this is the one that I normally carry. Uh, things that are probably a little more weird, um, I'm carrying, I've added to my everyday carry. My everyday carry now includes a bivy stick. Uh, that's just, that's how it is. It's, it just fits in the fits in my pocket down there and I keep it with me. And when I need to turn it on, if I need to send a message or something else, I turn it on and away to go. It's fully charged. My bivy stick is with me all the time. That's just part of my now everyday carry. Um, I carry a little bit of a, I got some extra multi-tool things on my keychain. My keychain is a little smart keychain. They don't rattle. It doesn't, doesn't make any noise. And it's got some extra tools on it, uh, including some, uh, uh, in, including some little handy dandy measuring and files and rasp things that, uh, I also have on my multi-tool, but why not? Makes it simple and easy. I carry a jump drive on my key ring as well. That has a lot of my personal documents on it. Um, that uh, in case I need some of that information, uh, it's stored in a password protected folder on the uh, uh, password protected archive on the uh, on the jump drive. But in case I need some documents, I have them with me wherever I'm at. Simple, easy. Um, and then I always carry a small hank of paracord. Um, and I recently, oh, about a year ago, uh, picked up. Uh, another little doodad that goes with it. And I don't even remember what this is called, but it's basically a little tiny uh, metal cleat built specifically for paracord uh, so that you can tie a load down. You can wrap a bundle. You can cinch it down and uncinch it. Um, it's just a little uh, cleat uh, that lays flat. Keep, I keep it in my pocket, and I've already used it two or three times with my little hank of paracord you just never know. I've got, uh, it's probably 10 feet of paracord that I wind up 
and uh, and just have it into a little into a little sheath. And of course, people say, "Well, where do you put all this?" Well, this is one of the reasons somebody mentioned the five eleven pants earlier with all the pockets. It's one of the reasons why I wear uh, I wear pants from Duluth Trading Post, and there are literally thirteen pockets in these pairs of pants. Uh, car hearts are the same way with the cargo pockets and everything else. I mean, it's it's good. Now, the one thing that keeps all that up, of course, is a good belt. I cannot stress enough how much you need a good belt, not only for keeping your heavy pants up, because now your pants weigh, you know, 10 pounds. Uh, not only that, but because you need to be able to put and make sure that your holster stays on, stays on straight and everything else. Those are all things that you need. So you need a good belt, a good pair of pants, and then all the things to go in it that you feel are necessary. But that's what I carry. So what do you carry? What do you carry every day? Things that are useful. And like I said, I use a lot of this stuff every day, if not every week. What do you what do you carry? Give us a call, 433-3150. The Michael Duke Show. We got a couple lines on hold. We're going to be right to them, but we've got to uh we got to go to break and we'll come back. And uh, we'll see what we got to do. Back with more right after this. We're broadcasting live through a series of tubes. Allowing all of these entities to provide streaming stuff going on on the the, the Internet. Well, it's kind of hard to explain. Sorry. Streaming live every weekday morning on Facebook Live and MichaelDukesShow.com. Okay. Um, So if you use that gun-mounted flashlight for something like seeing to connect jumper cables or finding drop keys, would that be brandishing? (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Yes. Yes, it would, my friend. Yes. Yes, it would. It would be brandishing, and you should not be doing that. I'm just, I'm saying that. I'm saying it like a friend. You should not be brandishing. That's the bottom line on that. Um, okay. Um, so if you use that gun mounted flashlight, uh, let's see. Um, self openers, LOL. Why are you laughing at the term self openers, uh, Rick? I mean, now they call them automatic openers, self openers, switch blades. What do you want to call them? Uh, I mean, I, I don't know. Chris says, I shake my phone and it turns the light on. Great. You still have to be carrying this. Now, my phone is larger than most people's. But you still have to be carrying this massive brick in one hand. Whereas you've got the little teeny tiny light there that gives you exactly what you need. And by the way, let me just, now now i got to demonstrate. So, Let's just say you're in your bedroom in the morning and you've dropped something on the floor and your wife's still asleep and you're trying to sneak out of the bedroom at 3.45 or 4 o'clock in the morning because you've got to go do a radio show or something and you want to use your phone uh, because, hey, it's right there, you know, and you want to use your phone to, uh, to, to, to look for something and so you turn on the light, right? Okay, well, that light is kind of hard to, how do I, you know, whatever. But see, with this... I have my whole hand around the flashlight and I can just, I can crack it, right? So I get as much or as little light as I need. I mean, well, I got to know myself, who cares? 
get yourself a small flashlight. Now you can control the amount of light that you're looking at with just a flick of a finger, right? That's what I'm saying. That is what I'm saying. Um... <laughs> to be honest, I've been wearing suspenders. I wore suspenders. I used to be a lot heavier than I am now. I know it's hard to believe. I used to be a lot heavier than I am now, and I, I wore suspenders, and they worked just fine. They were they were handy, in fact, but I don't wear them anymore. But I did. I wore them for quite uh, four, four or five years. I wore suspenders. Those Gerbers are nice. I like the Gerbers. I just find them to be intuitively more useful. I like being able to open them and close them one-handed. Um, I, I found that to be handy, especially if I'm trying to hold on to something with my other hand, uh, hold it together to get the tool out to use it. I just, I find them to be, I have some Leathermans, I have the Wave, I have some other, I've got a bunch of multi-tools. I keep coming back to the Gerber. The Gerber is still one of the best, in my opinion. Um, Chris says he wears suspenders. His wife got them for, as, as a joke, and now he won't stop wearing them. Good for you. What about laundry day? That's got to be an adventure. It's funny, man. Every time my wife sees me unload my pants, you know, now picture this. I'm standing in my boxers in the bedroom <laughs> and I'm going, I got my pants in front of me and I'm going through every pocket and it's just creating a pile on the bed. And my wife just goes, dang. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the, uh, it is, it is, uh, it is a thing, but I mean, and, and some people carry different things. You know, different things for different folks. Um, hey, Siri, flashlight. Again, I know that there's way, you know, you can shake it. You can set it to do what? You can put it as a short cop on your thing. You can do whatever. Okay. Then you still got to, you still got to horse around with this thing in your hand. That's what I, that's what I like. Um, that's like using your rifle as a spotting scope. Yeah. Um, Let's see. Uh, I thought maybe we had banned. I thought we may get banned for saying switchblade. I don't think so. Automatic openers, self-openers, switchblades. Uh, do they make a phone mount for pistols? Oh, man. Um, let's see. Nope. Leatherman for life. Grandpa used that. Yeah, some people like the Leatherman. It's it's up to you. There is no – this is not the Ford Chevy debate. This is not the 9 millimeter. Uh, 45 debate. You use what works for you. Um, you have the latest in Swiss Army. I've never been a Swiss Army knife guy. I know a lot of people have because they got a lot of little details and they got the little tweezers and all that. But I just, you know, that that is what it is. Um, uh, my husband has a basket he puts everything in, still loses stuff. It's always in the baskets. He just can't see it. And that's not a bad idea. I have done that. Uh, where I had a little basket next to my nightstand. So when I unloaded everything, I just threw everything in the basket. And then when I got done, I just dumped it back out and put it back in my pocket. Um, but anyway, I'd love to hear if anybody, anybody, what anybody else has, whatever they've got that's different. Uh, I mean, I carry some other things too, but for the most part, that is my everyday, my everyday, everyday right there. Um, all right, 15 seconds out. Final segment of the show. Wow, we got here fast. Let's get back to it. The Michael Duke Show. Common sense, liberty-based, free-thinking radio. Let's do it um, right now.
All right. Uh, welcome back to the program. Thanks for coming in. Uh, all right. We're talking about everyday carry. Now, uh, before we get into this and I start taking calls on this, I'm not talking about all the stuff that's in your go bag, your backpack, or your emergency kit that you carry in your car, right? I'm just talking about stuff you carry on your person that you use every day. I mean, yeah, we know we've got, you know, some people do carry an IFAC on them, which is a it's a first instant first aid kit. Um, and that is a thing that you could carry. I keep that usually in my bag, which is in my car, which is never really too far away from me. And there's some other things that I keep in, you know, keep in my go bag or whatever. But I'm talking about stuff that you carry on you every day, especially things that you find a use for all the time. Uh, let's continue ahead here. Uh, 433-3150 is the phone number here on the Pivotel call in line. Um, I'd love to hear from uh, I'd love to hear from you guys as to what you carry, uh, why, and and uh, what's there, is it something different than me or is it the same? Let's uh, go over to the phones and see what you have to say. Good morning. Who's this? Where are you calling from? Hey, this is John and sold out now. Hey, John, what's on your mind? Oh, just two things about the phone flashlight. Um, you can't put it in your mouth, and I am constantly putting my little flashlight in my mouth so I can use both hands on on whatever I'm doing or, you know, that's a big deal. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, the other thing, I don't know if you left it off or I missed it, but a big flash or a big uh, lighter just drops right in the bottom of your pocket. You never know it's there, and you always have fire. That's you, a really big deal, too. You know, and I did carry, I carried a little micro, little one of the little micro torches for years. It's like a little, you know, ruggedized uh, lighter that I kept in there. I just, I found that I didn't have enough use for it on a day-to-day basis, and so I ended up putting that in my in my emergency pack. But for several years, I carried one. I mean, I didn't smoke or anything, but I just, I carried one in my pocket just in case. Um, but you're right. right. If that's something that you are, you know, you're outdoorsy or you work at a job where that would be handy, I could definitely see that being in there. I had to start balancing out what was going into my pants because my wife was complaining about picking them up off the floor. They were heavy. So, she, you know, but uh, no, a, a, a fire source is definitely uh, a good stuff. Yep, sure is. So, yep, I'd say if, if people are arguing for the, the phone flashlight, probably uh, not really getting out and doing stuff very much yeah no look i mean here was my here was my complaint about the flashlight and i did a little demo for the listeners who were on facebook during the break you know i mean i get up in the morning and sometimes if i got to look for something uh, you know and my wife's asleep i'm not going to wake her up at 3 45 in the morning when i wake up so if i'm looking for something i'm trying to be quiet it's much easier for me to control the fl- the the light out of a little out of my little uh it's a stream light. Uh, for those of you, somebody asked in the chat room or, or uh, on Twitch what it was. I have this little flashlight I have is a streamlight micro stream. It's a little teeny tiny flashlight. It fits in my whole hand. I can control the light on that simply by cupping it in my hand and, and letting my fingers go smaller or larger, right? I mean, that way I don't wake anybody up. Uh, even if you, all you have to do is shake your flashlight or say, hey, Siri, flashlight. First of all, you have to talk. What if you should be quiet? Uh, second of all, now you're holding a, a cell phone in one hand, a large block, not as easy to hold on to as this little tiny flashlight. And yeah, it's single purpose, but it gets the job done. Just think of it as an ancillary flashlight to your phone flashlight, I guess. I just would not be dependent on just my phone flashlight, I guess is what I'm saying. And it looks like I lost his call. Looks like he dropped off this morning. 
Um, all right. Uh, carry day. Uh, some people said uh, Alaska Airlines card is your everyday carry. I mean, it, that, I mean, we laugh about that, but it's right. Do you have an emergency credit card that you carry or an emergency bit of cash? I always carry an emergency bit of cash tucked up inside my uh, tucked up inside. I've got a little uh, I've got a little Kydex wallet that was made for me by the guys over there at forty at forty below Kydex in Fairbanks. That's got my credit cards and my ID in it. But at the very back of it, I've got a little I got a folded bill in there that if I need it, I can always go to it. I always have a little extra money in case it's uh, in case it's an emergency. I just carry it with me just in case. You just ne- I mean, again, I'm not trying to figure out how to survive the zombie apocalypse by what's carried on my person. I'm just trying to find things that might be relevant or useful. And as I said, I have changed my everyday carry over the years. I used to carry a lighter. I used to carry it all the time. Um, and uh, I would use it occasionally, but not enough to really be worried about it being on my person. Right? I mean, that's just that's just how it is. Now, my flashlight... My paracord, my little, uh, my new little paracord cleat, um, and uh, you know the, the knives and the Gerber's, the multi tools. I've used all those things, um, and uh, and and I use them on a frequent basis. So it just makes sense for me to carry that stuff. And it, it, again, it doesn't. Most of this stuff doesn't even have to have anything to do with me protecting myself or defending myself. Everyday carry is about all of those things, you know. I just, it's just, uh, and it, no, you can't prepare for an 8.0 earthquake, Harold. I mean, you can in a way. You can have emergency supplies or or first aid in your car, and there are some things that you could do to prepare. But, you know, I couldn't prepare for a direct nuclear detonation over the city. Sorry. I just, there's nothing I can do. I can only prepare for what I can prepare for. You, uh, you, uh, you can, you can do it. Uh, anyway, uh, but it was a good, that with the, 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 uh, the, the, uh, lighter was a good call, was a good call on that. So I appreciate that. Uh, 433-3150, Going to be watching some of my favorite gun movies this weekend. Um, and, uh, I would love to, uh, uh, I, 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 I'll tell you a couple of my favorite movies that I'll be watching and they're both gun movies. And one is more of a purist, and the other is more just kind of a joy. Uh, I love to watch the movie The Boondock Saints, Troy Duffy, that movie with uh, Norman Reedus and Sean. uh, Wow, I just totally totally spaced Sean's name. The Boondock Saints, though. Great, fun movie. Uh, Not into, not really, you know, gun accurate. Lots of gun sins in that movie as far as not doing things the right way and everything else. But a heck of a good romp. One of my favorite one of my favorite, what I would call, gun movies. Uh, and, of course, the creme de la creme, the top of the pack, the, 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 the big heap, John Wick. Probably one of the most accurate portrayals of true three-gun fighting you'll actually see in a movie. Um, uh, and it's a thrill ride. Love that. Love that. Uh, and finally, my third movie that I'm going to try and watch this weekend is going to be the movie, which I've seen already, but I want to watch it again, Extraction on Netflix, starring Chris Hemsworth. Um, it is a it is a fantastic movie. Fantastic movie. And that is like real-world stuff there. That is good stuff. Uh, and they're actually making an Extraction 2 right now. 
Um, also a good uh, thing. Uh, have I seen nobody? Somebody in the chat, Sean in the chat room just said, did I see nobody? Also awesome movie. That's Bob Odenkirk from Better Call Saul. And that movie is also directed by the folks who did John Wick. Uh, and that movie is very, very good and funny and funny. It's, I mean, it's like a cross between Boondock Saints and John Wick. It's that kind of funny where it's got a lot of the humor, but still some, just some tremendous gunplay. It, uh, it really is. So, uh, I love doing that. All right. Hey, uh, we're, we're out of time, out of, out of time. Got to go. We're going to get out of here. Monday's another day on Monday. Jonathan Christ Tompkins says he's going to show up. So we're going to talk with him on Monday. Have a good day, folks. Be kind. Love one another. Um, Do you think an incandescent flashlight is more survivable than an LED in the event of electromagnetic pulse? Yes. The answer to that is yes, an incandescent bulb is more survivable, although LEDs are not as susceptible as many other pieces of electronics to EMP. But if you really want to be sure, yes, an incandescent bulb is more survivable. Any bulb without a diode or electrode, uh, electronic circuit on it is better in the long run. So, no, no Willie today. I said that earlier today. He couldn't appear today. We had some challenges, so it's all good. Uh, we are going to continue on Monday, though, folks. I hope you enjoyed that. Um, I did. I enjoyed that. Emptying my pockets, so to speak. We'll see you guys later. Have a great day. The Michael Duke Show. Common Sense Radio.
we've shed our terrestrial radio skin, and now we are slimy lizard internet people. It's the Michael Duke Show. <laughs> 